What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Jets episode on Knicks, Jets, etc. Today, we'll be giving you our instant reactions on the Jets-Bills Week 1 game. We'll be looking ahead into the future for the Jets 49ers Week 2 game. And Alex, what do you have for etc.? Well, John, for etc., today we're going to you know talk about our fantasy uh, positives and negatives from who we drafted last week, whether we're how our sleepers looking out so far and any like key, I guess, players that we see going up in the right direction from week one. Yeah, we'll also touch on so how we what we thought about the league and maybe even touch on some division winners. All right, Ricey, let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the NFL season, and welcome to Heartbreak. We are <laughs> we were excited for this, guys. We were all so excited for this Jets season. But before we even get into how miserable we already are, Alex, what's up, man? How was your weekend? What's going on, John? My weekend went really well. Uh, Tell us why you had such a good weekend. Before we get into the misery, let's let's talk about the good things in the world. Oh, the good news is I'm engaged. So let's go. She said yes. Said yes. So that is the best positive thing from the weekend. Had a beautiful surprise. Had uh, went out for dinner at the place that we met on our first date. Then went uh, around for a walk around the pond, which if you know uh, Boston well, it's a Jamaica pond. And proposed there and had her parents just hiding in the gazebo taking photos of us and she was so shocked and laughing at the same time and it was a nice little celebration at the end so it was beautiful it was great memorable had a wonderful time happy to know that we spend the rest of my life with her and then sunday came along and <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, that's awesome uh really happy for you um it's awesome that you had the in-laws in some wigs to as some undercover photographers undercover agents <laughs> touch um and yeah and it was a really good way um to really end on a high note right because sunday it's gonna come crashing down man worse than the stock market worse than anything we ever saw i mean the the elation i had at 1 p.m today and how miserable i felt at about like 1 <laughs> like it was actually unbelievable it's real it's real it i like I was like, I was hyped for the season to get going. You know, this is, uh, this is where like one Jets drive just really does it, man. It really gasses you up for the season. And then reality hit like week one and, you know, it's not, it's not completely over, but it's a good look into the future of what the season is going to look like. So man, oh man, it was it was just it was just really bad just really bad for three quarters like yeah like we, 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 we i'll say for the breakdown but there were there were, there were plays that were just like okay cool great that happened but if we're gonna really break down like what we saw today there's very 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 few positives all right yeah i mean like, i mean we, we could start with the jets first quarter possessions and how they ended um they had a total of six possessions, and it went like this. Punt, 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 interception, field goal. 
Sounds great. <laughs> I mean, it was really tough to watch um, because the Bills came to play and the Jets were who we thought they were. Honest, honest to God. I mean, even, even me, the self-proclaimed most optimistic Jets fan on the planet, I, I, and, that, and that's what everybody around me has been telling me for the last, for as long as I've been alive, okay? I'm the most optimistic Jets fan there, there is, and I only had us going nine and seven. Watching what Gase put together in the first quarter, of course, like my emotions were like running so high by one and like they came crashing down. So like it's hard to give a real reaction, right? So I guess I can give Gates the benefit of the doubt for the first half, right? There's no preseason, okay? There's no pass catchers, as everyone said. The offensive line looked shaky, but they, they, they you know, they came together. Okay, um, Sam Darnold has to have some place. Okay, and I guess this is being like literally the most optimistic I could possibly be about that first quarter slash first half. Yeah, I mean, I'll like for me, I guess since I'm the pessimistic one of the group of this podcast, I'll watching that first quarter was brutal. Um, it was shaky, as you said. Wine wasn't giving Darnold enough time, you know. You could see that the weapons weren't there. Just trying to run was just difficult. Like we had some good gains here and there between Bell and Gore, but for the most part, man, I don't know what the play calling was. I don't even know what the system was and like what the, what we were, what Gase was trying to like execute. There was there, it just seemed like a little all over the place to, for my liking. Like I, I know like we don't have deep threats because it was Hogan and Perriman on the outside and those are not, the two guys I'd necessarily trust in like getting things going for Darnold. And you could see that they weren't even getting that much separation. They were just being blanketed the entire game. But even still, like what, what I discussed on the last podcast is that th- you know that you got the cornerbacks for the Buffalo Bills are top notch. That defense is top notch. So it had to be a lot of quick passes um, to get things going. And even after like the first quarter, I, I was half we're talking half those possessions were for the half oh the half that was a half but even for like okay so even for the half but like even what what i'm talking about like looking through the first quarter and going into the second quarter when when i'm looking at when i'm watching when i I was watching the jets right it's there's getting your quarterback in the right position to succeed and yes Darnold did not play well today you know footwork was a little all over the place when he had time in the pocket he was a little frantic but also at the same time, understandable because when he was starting the game, there was not a lot of protection. Like there were, a lot of guys were just getting through. The O line started to come together like middle of the game, like third quarter. Like you're, you, we started to see something, but for the most part, Donald was just shaky. And when you're head coach, you're supposed to, you know, get your guy in position to succeed. And that's the one thing I will say that Gase did not do was get him in position to succeed. And when he started to use stuff that started to work in the third quarter, like a lot of the short passes or even before the end of the second quarter, really, when they got down to the field goal, it was a lot of short dump offs using Bell, like as a wide receiver, getting Crowder involved, like all those other guys, like all those guys, all those main guys that we talked about. That's the stuff that a good head coach says, "Hey, this is what we got. This is who we got to utilize to get our quarterback like in rhythm and get going." Instead, we're trying to do a lot with very little, 
And that's what's really frustrating watching Gase as a head coach trying to work with our quarterback. And yes, Darnold didn't play well. I'll acknowledge that. But the coach has to put the player in position to succeed as well. And I didn't I didn't see that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's let's break it down. So we we were 21-0 basically the whole first half. Okay. Um it was a miracle that we didn't go down 28-0. Oh my god. At the end of the first half. So we were able to pick it up and become a football team uh, towards the end of the second half with the second force fumble. And also we came back and actually ran an offense. I actually thought we could end in seven. And wow, how that game would have changed if we went into halftime 21-7. The, tw- the three did make a difference, Okay. Um, but the swing from 28-0 to 21-7 would have been insane. Mm. Um, it really would have flipped the game on its head. Um, but what did you think about specifically let's, – let's just break it down um, by unit. What did you think about Becton? Okay, like the offensive line and Becton, they, they looked horrid in the beginning as if they've never played football before, okay? And then Becton did get beat that one play by Jerry Hughes, who is a seasoned veteran for, you know, the Buffalo Bills. And we kind of knew that was going to come. We heard about Jordan Jenkins getting by Becton once or twice in practice, but the positives were how he learned from it. So that really didn't bother me. I was really, really encouraged by the offensive lines play at the end of the first half and the remaining of of the, the remainder of the game and the second half. And being that I'm blaming Gase for this game and the offensive line, you know, not being ready and for the offensive play call, I'm going to give him credit for that. Okay. I'm going to give them credit for putting together uh, an offense with Frank Gore. Okay. And, and, it, and uh, I'll toss it up to you, but I'm going to put it out there, man. That, that bell hamstring stuff, it was real. Okay, everything that comes out of the Jets uh, media ends up to be real. Every single thing, every single thing that kind of like comes out and then tries to get brushed under the rug by the Jets, you know, media pipeline always ends up to be true. The last thing I could remember is Bell and his hamstrings, right? He had a hamstring injury in practice. The reporters called it out. They said no. It's you guys are blowing it up. Me and Gase are fine because Gase said it was a hamstring and Bell said his hamstrings are perfect. Mm-hmm. First, you know, first half, Bell is out. So with hamstrings. So like, let me like, let me, like, well, I mean, what do you have to say about that? Also, I mean, hey, maybe it's not all on Gase. Maybe he's not this crazy, uh, maniacal, you know. Uh, airhead running the running the head coach and the offense okay maybe he maybe he's maybe we have to listen to him yeah so I guess I'll touch on with the O-line first the O-line we did see improve as the game went along as I said earlier you know they were letting people come through but then as the game went on you were seeing that Darnold had like two three seconds to have like some protection to get the ball out he was a little frantic but it's also the first game he you know, this is his first real live action going against an opposing team. Same thing with the O-line. Not not giving that much like lean, leeway towards that because there were other teams that 
had shifts in O-line like the Washington, uh, the Washington football team. They had some shakeup. They had three new guys on the team, but they came out and beat the Eagles who have a top defensive line uh, ranked by uh, PFF. So that that's not really an excuse. You know, these guys got to be ready to play. And for the Jets, we had a poor line last year. This You could see it slightly got better because Buffalo has a good front. We were able to give Darnold some time. Becton, even though he let um, – I'm sorry, what, what, who, was, uh, who was the player that got by him again? Jerry Hughes. Yeah, even though Hughes got past uh, Becton, it was – like that was like probably like the most glaring thing. But even still, he played solid for a rookie. And like I, kudos to, to Becton for playing so well today. Like nothing – there was – Honestly, he did so well today for a rookie and going against a good front. He gave Darnold enough time on the blind side um, for the most part. Uh, there is really no issue with him. I'm sorry? Yeah, you're right. In pass protection, he was good to go. He was good to go. He was helping on the left side. Like, it was solid, man. Like, like I said, like we were saying, like the line got better as it went along. So there was nothing wrong with that. It's really with the pass catchers, man, and getting separation and utilizing – uh, the talent at that part. But for Le'Veon Bell, talking about the hamstring injury, didn't he just also come out today too saying there's nothing wrong with hamstring? But I agree with you. There's probably something wrong with his hamstring. They they need weapons. Gore is not going to be the guy. Bell is the guy. Like we don't have – we didn't have Mims today. We, we had Perriman who is really – like, yeah, he's our second option. But when he was down in Tampa, like he was breaking free because you have – Chris Godwin, and you also have Mike Evans, you had Brait, you have OJ Howard, you have all these dudes who can just like create plays. And so he's just, uh, you know, he's the fourth, fifth option. Like no one's really, no one's paying attention to him. He's the two option now with the Jets and he's going to be covered. He's, he's our one option right now. Right now, yeah, and he's right now our one option because Mims is, pro- is supposed to be our, our one option, but he's now our, t- he's, he's now the one. What? White was on him today who just got a killer deal with the bills. Like he, he had that big third down stop on him as well. Exactly. And I'm like, there was nothing that like, I was not expecting, uh, you know, I was not expecting Perriman to have a good game today. He had three receptions for 17 yards. His longest one was 13 yards. He had yeah. targets. Like, what are you expecting to get? What are you expecting? Like, that's what I'm like huh? That's exactly what I expect. <laughs> No, that's exactly what I expected today too. Like there, he wasn't going to do much work. Like he's not going to like white is he's a shutdown corner. Uh, there's nothing happening there. You know, the Crowder had the most damage and like, we're, we like, this is where, this is what I said last week. We were going to have to rely on the short game using guys doing five, 10 yard ends, outs, digs, hitches, whatever to get open. And it's tough, man. It's brutal. But for Gase, you know, you know, you give him leeway because like, okay, don't have the wide receivers to to go out there to do the work, to get the separation, to really show what your offense can do. At the same time, at the same time, right? You yeah. you know what you have, right? So if you know what you have and you know this is gonna be a tough, grueling match, you gotta use you gotta use what you have. So you got Crowder, you have Herndon. You, you have Griffin, you had Bell in there, you had Gore. Uh, short, play the short game. Why are we doing screens before the end of the second ha- end of the second quarter when, we're, when we should have just went for the touchdown? What are we doing? 
what, what is going on? That's not, that's not good play calling. That's, that's, that's not even being good. Like that's not even like a conservative call just to take the three. It's we're down. This team was beating us. You're going into the second half. You need to do something. And the fact that he did a screen, that's not good play calling. This is the same stuff that we saw last year. This is why Darnold was struggling. Like when Darnold saw a ghost last year is because Gase was calling plays like this. That's not comfortable for Darnold. He's doing the same thing again in game one. And, you know, maybe Darnold just goes to him this week saying, look, man, we're doing the same thing again. Like last year, we can't keep doing this. I need plays to get me going with the guys that I have. And this is not going to cut it. We should be just running screens into like everybody and just like doing stupid dump. Like, Crowder had like a breakaway run, but I don't even count that as like anything. Cause like he had to do all that work. He had to dig it all out. The last touchdown, of the game in garbage time, that doesn't count either. The way I look at this, it was, was it? it was 27 to three in my eyes. Like the bills scored 27 points and we got, we got, we scored three. That was the most efficient way that offense worked today was to get three points. That is how bad this is. Crowder touchdown. Great. It kept us in the game. That's a miracle play. The last in the garbage time, it makes it look better than it is, but it's just pitiful, man. And I, this is the issue I have with Gase. It's like you came out of this, you came out. What was the adjustment? What did you see? Like, where was it? This is. The- uh, I mean, you hit, you hit, you hit it right in the head in the beginning, where you said with this whole, where's your tight ends? You have Herndon, you have Griffin, you have Wesco. You're talking about this all all practice season, right? You got your running backs. You want to sign more running backs, right? They played their 12 personnel, which is a running back and two tight ends, on six of 53 snaps. Uh, that's per next-gen stats, and uh, Rich, uh, Rich Simony from ESPN tweeted that. Like, it's insane. I mean, it, it, you're, not, you're not going over anyone's head anymore, Gase, all right? You're not in Miami, okay? We care here. We care about the offense. We care. We were, we're watching your plays. We're watching your personnel. And obviously, that bugs the hell out of him, right? I mean, he can't stand – uh, Rich Simony asking him about who their backup quarterback's going to be, right? He just he just can't stand these, like, little annoying questions because he thinks he's a genius, an offensive guru, offensive genius, and, like, questions from reporters regarding uh, his moves or Manish Mehta from the Daily News uh, bothering him or, or writing negative pieces. He's just going to revoke his status, you know? He, what is Gase doing here? You know, he, he's, 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 he, he's just a classic case of somebody who thinks so highly of himself and just never produces. Yeah. Like he, 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 could talk, he could talk about how amazing he is until his face turns blue, but he, but you, he can't actually show me. Uh, and, that's, and that's really bothering. It's really bothering me that it's the same farce every single – uh, week, week to week, it's the same farce. It's we have no players. Gase is an offensive genius. It's not Sam's fault. The offensive line stinks. I, 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 I can't. I just, I can't keep running with this narrative because the offensive line is better. You know, uh, you know, some McGovern did great. George Font was nice. You know what I mean? Alex Lewis played injured. He was fine. We did get no. We our run game was bad, but I'm gonna. Uh, get at you at one thing. Frank Gore looked like Frank Gore. Okay, not not the old Frank Gore, but he looked like he looked like a Bills Frank Gore. Like he could put his head down and actually run for us. So if Bell actually is out with a hamstring, 
uh, I don't think that we will suffer too much in the actual run game. I think that we will definitely hurt in the catch passing game, though. For sure. I agree with that. Like Frank Gore, he's still got something left in the tank. He'll be fine. You know, we're pretty deep at running back now. Um, and if we have to miss Bell for a couple of games because he has to get the hamstring right, because you can't mess with hamstrings, man. We we even talked about this last week or a pot or so ago where do we expect guys to have a lot of injuries this season? Yeah, it's and you said it's soft tissue stuff, right? I think you even said it on Twitter. It was going to be a lot of soft tissue injuries. Hamstring is like – it's good. There's going to be a lot of pulls, a lot of ag, like little nags here and there because they didn't get the preseason to get all those kinks out and really work it in so that your body's like truly and physically game ready. But getting back to Gase, and I really like, like, look, this is not like we're not intending to hate Adam Gase or to like be a negative Adam Gase podcast with our own eyes. Like, it's just hard to just like protect him anymore and just say hey he's doing a fine job and just place the entire blame on Darnold well guess what like you know if someone's saying that this is Darnold's fault and he played a bad game absolutely but you know what who's the coach that's supposed to get him ready and not have bad games Adam Gates you know that there should no there should be no reason if we're you know crediting this man for going six and two at the end of last season that we're starting off having three points at the end of the half while we're watching Josh Allen, like who just really used his legs today and had some pretty solid passes. He still sailed some easy like passes, like that pass of John Brown in the end zone. Like this is where I'm saying, like he's not super accurate, right? But he played well enough and the coach set him up well enough to win. And that's the difference. He set him up well enough to win. He got players. He's got the, he's got Diggs. He's got Brown. He's got Cole Beasley. You know, he kept guys that he, that his quarterback is familiar with to be in a good rhythm with. You know who played well today for the Panthers? Robbie Anderson. Okay, well, to be fair on that, he did have a lucky that big that big chunk play was kind of lucky. But hold on. This is where this is where I'm going to get to it. Yes, he had that big play, but he it was a nice breakaway 75-yard run for a touchdown. Absolutely. He had the two-point conversion too. He caught 6 for 8, 115 yards, one touchdown. Really good game. I'm not saying that Robbie Anderson's like amazing now or anything like that, but you want the consistency, right? You bring him back for consistency. Like Perriman is not consistency. Crowder's consistency, Herndon's consistency, and Bell's consistency. Perriman's a new two. At least you could have had Anderson, who's like a burner. Like, and yeah, I'm not saying he's going to kill White, but at least someone to like, they're like on the same page. Look, we we had the Chargers. This is how, this is, and let me go back to like where I'm getting with, with the Gase issue. Let's him go, Fine. Fine. But why you can't tell me that the Chargers come in and the Bengals come in into a game where you have a rookie QB and they keep this game competitive all the way down to the fourth quarter, 16-13. Yes, low-scoring game. But how is it they're competitive and ready to go? That's another team where they changed their O-line. Three guys. Three guys ready to go, and they put up 13 points, and the quarterback was fine. Joe Burrow had tw- he went 23 for 36, 193 yards, one interception, not great. But guess what? Had them competing in the game, like had something going there. Like, are you going to t- like? Are we saying Joe Burrow is like way better than Sam Darnold? Like, th- that's a rookie quarterback, and he could very well be better than to Sam Darnold. But the fact that a rookie quarterback came in here and made it competitive, while Darnold is in his third year, having the same foot issues, being you know not getting time, quarterback not having any. Like, there's just it's just too much to to 
give Adam Gase a pass. There has to be some like, like there has to be some accountability for this man. Like you can't just come in here and say, you know what? You didn't have the weapons. You know what? Darnold did it wrong. No, you're supposed to get these guys ready. You're the head coach. You, you build these guys up. I'm getting tired of that, man. Yeah, especially because we give him a, a whole pass, like a whole pass on the defense, right? So Josh Allen going 33 for 46, uh, over 300 yards passing, over 50 yards rushing, a couple touchdowns, right? We don't even, we don't even touch Adam Gase on that subject, right? We're not going to sit here today and say, wow, the defense was really tough. We gave up a million penalties and all of them were on first downs. Okay. We're not going to, we're not going to blame that on Gase, even though that is a, is a head coach issue in general. We have, he has like successfully passed the buck to Greg Williams for the defense. He has somehow manipulated the whole league and the owners and the fans and the media to just sort of like shift the blame for the defense to Greg Williams and give him, you know, the credit if they do well as well. So, I mean, if we're not going to talk about Gase on the defense, <laughs> we're not going to talk about Gase on the offense. <laughs> what does this guy do? Like, what is his job? You this, know what I mean? No, absolutely. This is really like office space. Like, what do you say do you do here? Like, what would you say that you do here? Like, I, I, I don't know, you know, and like, hey, you want another, you want another comparison? How is it that, uh, our, our arch rivals in the Patriots have Cam Newton first year in the most complicated system go out there win today. Yeah, sure. You could tell me like they're missing eight guys, but you still have most of the same guys on the offense, but he goes out there and he wins. That's coaching, man. That's coaching. That's getting guys ready. He, Belichick's like, look, you need to be up to speed and ready. And this we're going to get, we're going to, he utilized plays for Cam. Cam was running the ball in efficiently for touchdowns today. You know, he didn't do necessarily a great job passing, but he used him to his skill set. He figured it out. He's like, look, my guy's not going to be ready to the throw. So you know what I got to do? I got to I got to figure out how to get him like in the game, in his rhythm, doing something. That's what Gase is supposed to be doing. He should be saying like, oh, snap, our O-line's not doing it right now. What should we do? Let's do a five yard to Herndon. Let's do a five yard to Crowder. Granted, Donald's got to complete some of those. And in also fairness, Donald put some of those passes on the money and they just dropped them. But this is like, what, what are we doing here, man? Like, seriously, like, what are we doing? What, what type of play calling was this today? I don't, I don't even get it. I'm getting tired of just like going in circle, but let's move on to like, let, let's, can we move on to the, like, or do you have to finish, some, finish something else to finish? You can move on, but I just want to point out that you don't have to be a football genius, right? You don't have to talk about the play calling. You don't have to talk about the X's and O's. The first play Coming out of the half, we have a delay of game. Oh, man. It's not – there's no uh, rocket science to this. It's the first play coming out of the second half. You don't script that. You know You know what I'm trying to say? You, you, like, and, I, of course, after Darnold says it was on him because he's a leader, what are you going to say? No, nah, it was the coach's fault. You know, and Gay said, oh, it was just a mix-up. We don't know what happened. And I did see Darnold and I think it was Crowder on the bottom – of the screen, uh, the all twenty two is coming out. We'll take a look at that. Um, but they were they were talking to each other and they were trying to communicate the play, and that's when the delay game happened. So it, it might it could have very well been on Sam, but holy God Almighty, <laughs> like we can't run a play, like we can't run a play coming out of the half. That was tough. But let's move on to the defense. Um, 
even though I'm not going to call you out for saying that Chris Herndon is consistent, you said Chris Herndon is consistent in the last segment, I'm, I'm going to let that pass because the only thing he's consistent at is not playing or what playing, not doing well, like just like disappointing us. This line today was, is inflated. Wait, did I say Herndon is consistent? Yeah. I did? Oh, man. I don't know what the crowd or Herndon bells because that's in our, in our dreams. No, uh, no, I'm saying like, Oh, consistency! No, consistency as in, um, like someone that he's familiar with, not like consistent production. Yeah, because that fumble today uh, was gonna—I was gonna die. No, no, not not in production, but someone that he actually has a repertoire with, and so he only has three guys he has a repertoire with. Like the only new guy that Allen had to learn this season was Diggs. I mean, that's pretty nice. Pretty yeah. nice. And the running back, like what well, the running back, like other than Singletary, I forget uh, who, who's the other uh, Moss. Yeah, Moss, like, uh, like as a running back, like, you know, you're not really – it's not the same as a wide receiver, you know? And, like, he can get slowly rolled in to learn passing and get to on the – well, not learn passing, but get on the same familiarity with passing. But Herndon is someone that Darnold's played with. Bell is someone that Darnold's has played with. You know, same with Griffin. Same thing with Crowder. Consistency is a big thing. It's a big theme, theme in, like, for success, all right? And when I bring up like when I compare the offensive line to like the red uh, the Washington football team or the Bengals, they also had three guys come in that are different, but they played better today. That that's where I just that, that and these, we're talking about left side too. Most of these guys are like on the left. Like I think it's for uh, it's either the Bengals or the Washington football team where the entire from center to left side has been revamped. So Washington, Trent Williams is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Okay pancake today for the 49ers but we'll get into the 49ers and that and that hellscape coming but but that's where i was going with her not saying that he's persistent uh, consistently producing but he's just it's familiar to donald someone familiar to him glad to clear that up just, just to clear that up for the audience so what'd you think about the defense man because i know that uh we were talking during the game the first half was just atrocious on defense they were getting anything going josh allen we mentioned his stats. He was looking like Michael Vick out there. He was do- He really does look like Michael Vick when he plays the Jets, even with his accuracy. Sorry, Mike. Uh, but, you know, he's just, he, he really does look like him, and it's really unbelievable. Uh, what did you think about our safeties with Jamal Adams out? Uh, with Cashman went down, a linebacker. That was tough for our depth. Uh, we had Quinton Williams, his first game back on his uh, year two to see, you know, how his sophomore year is going to go up, if it's going to be a sophomore slump or he's going to be on the up. What would you think about it? I mean, we also – we had Pierre Desir, who was supposed to be our our, our savior, right? Just horrid and got benched <laughs> our cornerback. Personally, I loved, loved, loved Bless Austin. He, did, he was a little shaky in the beginning, but he picked it up hardcore. Well, I really want to hear your thoughts about the defense today. Uh, so defense, first half was atrocious, but they started to pick it up uh, second half. But I also don't know if it was necessarily – they picked it up. It was a combination of them picking up and the Bills also like kind of like flatlining at the same time. So we will really get a better look, hopefully, against, unfortunately, against the 49ers. And from here on moving out on how consistent they can play – but between Marcus May filling in for Adams, wow. Dude had seven 
solo tackles, 10 total, two sacks. Uh, dude played well today, man. He was <laughs> playing out of his mind. Same thing with Poole and Boss Austin. Those guys really stood out today uh, uh, on the defensive end. All three of those guys really impressed. As you said, Pierre Desir, not looking great. Just got killed, had to get benched. My God, like just getting chewed up by digs and pretty much anybody, like anybody really like it was not pretty, just not pretty. The corners were tough. Uh, Nate Hairston had a pretty big role. Uh, I really am happy that everybody we kind of like pointed out in the off season in the, the DBs, right? Everyone was terrified of Jamal Adams and the DBs. And we kind of hit it where we hit our, we hit our weaknesses Right. So we do, of course, we still have weaknesses, but Pulio, he did great. He tackles, he had the sack, he was doing well. We know that he's uh, an elite nickel. Marcus May, as you mentioned, his stats did fantastic. Plus, Austin on the side, we were excited about him, did good. McDougal, first game for the Jets, he did great. He had that fumble recovery. So, I mean, and, Nate, you know, Nate Harrison has been shuffled on, in, our, in and out of our roster by Douglas. So he, he kind of did well. So of course the, the unit that everybody's so worried about, you know, the DBs were kind of decent, even though Brown and Diggs had over 80 yards. And of course, Allen killed us. Yeah. But I think it was mostly because we had no pass rush. Josh Allen looked like he was hanging out there. He, he was having some tea. He was having, you know, he was having some lunch back there. He didn't have a, a really a decent spy on him. In the linebacker, so he was running around as he liked. So even though Josh Allen killed us and the offense like did torch us, especially in the first half, it, I, I really don't think it was our DBs. Even though the Jamal Adams had a good game, the Seahawks killed, and the Jets got torched, so it just looks terrible. But I think it was mostly about our pass rush, which we've been screaming about from day one. Absolutely. I mean, we didn't have any real inside linebacker depth. Um, we didn't have Williamson and which is crazy, right? That's all we've been screaming about is how that was our most, you know, we were, our linebackers are going to have so much depth on linebacker. Of course, week one, we have no depth on linebacker. Oh, our DBs are going to stink. They're going to be awful. Of course, week one, our DBs is the best part of our defense. And like, you know, uh, that's just how it plays out for the Jets. You know, our, our, like, we were able to. St- it's kind of hard to say we were able to stop. Like, we stopped the running backs, really. Josh Allen had a field day on us with 57 yards rushing and a touchdown. But that was because, as you pointed out, we didn't really have a spy on him. So he was able to extend the play and just get open and just run free. Uh, that's what happens when you don't have C.J. Mosley or Avery Williamson. So this is what's and it's just going to happen today. Um, so passing. Man, they were just like, look, Diggs had eight for 86, and it was because Pierre Desir was just getting killed. He might as well have not played. Yeah, no, seriously. And then, like, John Brown had that – they had that nice little, like, dump-off pass for, like, the the touchdown. That was – look, there was a lot – a lot of these passes, it just opened up because – they got the run game going really with Josh Allen. You were, you're afraid of like letting Josh Allen just run. Cause if he gets running rampant, like you're not going to, it's tough to one, bring him down and two, just to keep up with him. So then you got to play a little bit softer and just try to spy on him with everybody to some extent. 
um, and not really spy, but like you have to keep eyes on him, like what's happening. But that's why they were able to get so many passing yards, man. It's tough to watch. It was tough, man. There, we, we couldn't like, we just have no edge rushing. We, we, no one was able to get to him and just put the pressure on him. As you said, he was drinking tea. He might as well just pulled out a lawn chair, read the paper, had his tea, and then made a pass because he had forever back there, really forever. And we need a pass rusher. We need someone who's going to be a dog and just get back there and cause some havoc. We're, we're missing that because we can't, we can't send, you know, our, our secondary, even though they played well today, we can't send May all the time and just leave them like shorthanded back there because then we're really going to start seeing uh, the secondary get torched. But look, it was just, it was just tough to watch all of that. But what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Like, what do you think? Do you, like, I know you said like edge rushers, like clearly key, but what did you think of the front seven as a whole? Like when it came to like protecting against the run, like I, like it's, I feel like that's kind of like, I feel like they did an okay job against the running back, but at the same time, like most of the time that Allen was running was really on passing plays where he just saw so many, so much open green and should just went for it. So. Yeah. Uh, the pass rush, the lack of pass rush is creating the hole in our defense. If uh, of course, when the all 22 comes out, we'll take a look at it. But I specifically remember on that mark on that, there's a third down where we got burned to the end zone or on a big play, Marcus May blitzed. It was because it was third down. Josh Allen called out. I mean, he, uh, there, he, he's, there was like two audibles on the offense and on the defense, and Josh Allen had called out that Marcus May is going to blitz, and then they had, open, they had to open right down the seam. So our lack of pass rush – is directly creating our issue in the secondary uh, on third down. The my problem with the running on our de- on defense is we did well. We did well stopping the run for the running backs. The problem is our our linebackers were out of whack. So you know Jordan Jenkins has to step up, man. Every every year we Jordan Jenkins has these big games. And we talk about, oh, Jordan Jenkins, he's here. And we pay him for that one year. But he has so many of these games, and that's why we can't trust him. His inconsistency is too much. We really need a pass rusher. And to be honest, I can't think of an NFL team that does well without a pass rush slash pass rushers. Totally. And this is why Joe Douglas gave Jordan Jenkins a one-year contract because – He's not a consistent, you know, threat at the pass rush. He's a good secondary like option. Maybe bring him in for a, for a change of pace, but he he's not, you know, uh, a Yannick to even that extent. He's not a, you know, even he's not anyone like Yannick or a Donald or anyone really. Or it, it's we're just missing a really good pass rusher is just plain and simple. And that needs to be addressed. Uh, you know? Yeah. I mean, a lot of things have to be addressed. Quinn and Williams had three tackles and two penalties that needs to be addressed. The jets had, you know, really nothing going on offense. They had about 15 carries like 50 yards. They really had nothing, but shout out to 
Sam Ficken, because I was at him all year. Okay, he went one for one with that 30-yarder, which was honestly really important at the end of the first half. If we if we went down 21-0, we couldn't get that three. It would have been really demoralizing for the team if we missed that field goal. And we saw, you know, like Cincinnati and a couple other games in the NFL today, how these kicks are really important. So good, Sam Ficken. Let's keep it up. Braden Mann. Our, our rookie punter who we drafted, who was breaking records in college. We knew he was going to be busy uh, for the team, which is probably why we use a draft pick on him. Again, like six punts today, uh, average 46 yards. He had a couple good ones, a couple bad ones. Uh, he'll be okay. Um, but, you know, you know who was – I mean, he, he was on my list for potential players to be cut this year if it was a normal offseason – or traded post June 1st uh, to get off the cap. But he's completely invisible today. Where's Henry Anderson, man? Henry Anderson's only job is to is to rush the quarterback. He doesn't play the running back. He doesn't play the run. He did absolutely nothing. He was completely invisible. I think he had like one tackle, uh, a couple assists. But he uh, again, when the All-22 comes out, will be a little bit more specific. But he, he was caught on a couple plays, like, just chasing down. I don't understand what the point of these players are. So we have contracts like Jordan Jenkins, contracts like Henry Anderson. Like, what are we doing? We can't we, – we don't even breathe on the neck of Josh Allen. Like, we can't even get those silly ESPN sets where it's, like, hurried the quarterback. Like, we're not even hurrying the quarterback, let alone sacking him. Yeah. I, to be fair – to the Jets. We knew that we weren't going to have a lot of talent coming in. So we needed quantity over or over quality to some extent for this team. Um, so keeping Anderson is like, is really an insurance policy on if we're missing anyone moving forward, you know, look, we talked about it today. Uh, Cashman got injured. We didn't have Williamson. Like we had these guys in case, like, unfortunately, like, when it rains, it pours, but it's really to maintain some sort of like depth. But even with this depth, it's just, it's mediocre, man. And this is a divisional rival. The, this is, a, this was a big game for us. If we really have uh playoff aspirations, because it's really a battle between the Patriots and the bills, you know, it, th- those are the two teams like we're in competition with and, the game today, just the way that it started, the way that it ended, just everything, how it all shook out, it's not inspiring. Uh, hopefully, you know, hopeful that it changes against the 49ers, but I think we should just move into that now so you can get anything else. The special teams played pretty well. Uh, that's the only bright spot from this team. Um, Except for, you know, that tight end, Daniel Brown, that we signed to be a special team specialist, and then he had the first penalty of the whole game. But, yeah, never mind that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just on your point I don't think we're in competition with the Bills and the Patriots in reality I think we're in competition with the Dolphins oh for tanking <laughs> for just like a skill set like I, I don't I think we're like we're more with the Dolphins and we pretend to be with the with the Bills and the Patriots but you know I, I think next week and you touched on it I think next week is going to be a big deal for us so let's talk about it we have we're San Francisco 49ers, Jets next week. Mm-hmm. Um, the early line was minus six. I wonder how it's going to uh, change 
Arizona with Kyler Murray and with DeAndre Hopkins, they absolutely torched the 49ers, who did have some injuries yeah. coming into the game. Uh, well, did they really torch? Because they got most of their points in the in the fourth quarter. So it was at 14 for 151. I'm sorry? D-Hop had 14 catches for 151 yards. I just want to make sure of that because I have him on my fantasy team, so thank you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he he torched him. Uh, we don't have anyone like that, <laughs> okay? So they're not. We're, we're not gonna. We're not going to really force the hand of the 49ers secondary. But let's talk about that game for a little bit and what we, what we really have coming to us. 49ers love to run the ball, and and that part is an advantage for our matchup. Yes. That is an advantage for our matchup because, well, what, like I said, today was like an interesting day because Josh Allen was like running rampant and he's a, it was mostly during passing plays that he started running and that's where a lot of the rushing yard came, like came against the Jets and keep in mind, like Jets kept the team under a hundred yards rushing by only two yards because it was 98 total. But San Fran today's game, they had 123 yards rushing mostly from, uh, uh, Mozart, uh, that's their top guy with McKinnon and Coleman back there. So I think the Jets can hold all three of those guys. I don't think they're anything necessarily special when it comes to the run. We're pretty solid on run. I trust Greg Williams to have the team ready to stop them. But once again, it's going to come to the passing game and putting pressure on the quarterback. Jimmy G against the Cardinals today for a tight game. He had, you know, Drop back. Well, he went 19 for 33 with 259 yards and two touchdowns. He was sacked three times for 16 yards of loss, no interceptions. Um, had a total QBR of 35.3. You know, he's not he's not a scary guy. Like, I don't really – not really afraid of Garoppolo. It's really the run that we have to stop. And if we can stop the run and maintain Garoppolo, I think we actually may be in good shape. And, you know, coming to our – Super Bowl prediction. It might not, 49ers might not look like the team of like last year, the way that they played today. So we may have a chance against the 49ers. I, you know, it's, um, it's all dependent on can we stop the run and maintain? Yeah. So my have the tables turned, Alex, because I am on the complete opposite side for you today. I watched that San Francisco Cardinals game. I know how it went, I know what the score was, I know what the box score reads. God almighty, I am terrified of the, of the San Francisco 49ers next week. And I still I am confident that they are going to be an NFC top contender. Uh, George Kittle was hurt today. He sat out for a little bit. He came back. He still played decent. He's going to be fine next week with a week off. Their offensive line, Trent Williams is new. Okay, they have some guys meshing in. Uh, McGlinchey on the second year. They got some guys. Trent Williams had an insane pancake today in the beginning. He just absolutely annihilated the defender. Mm-hmm. Got, I have no idea how we're going to push through that offensive line. Jimmy G might have an hour and a half to throw. Okay, that's number one. Uh, they had Debo Samuels out. He's probably going to be back next week. Okay, and on the run game, if our linebackers don't come back, like if Cashman's hurt, if A.B. Williamson is injured – Kyle Juszczyk had a good game, okay? Uh, I, I think they're, I, with George Kittle back, I think they are going to run on us, even though that is our strength. 
But what I'm really, really worried about, and I guess they didn't have amazing games, Nick Bosa, okay, he had a quiet game today. Quan Alexander kind of had a quiet game. And D Ford had a quiet game. And by quiet game, I mean they would have had the best stats on the Jets if they played with us. And by the, and this is not mentioning their best players. So Sherman, we're not going to get a catch in the zone. Emmanuel Mosley had a beast game. I <laughs> watching the 49ers today and how buttoned up they looked on defense, uh, stopping the run. Of course, of course, D Hopkins and Kyler Murray were hard to stop, but we don't have those kinds of guys. Yeah. So I, I mean, I I I am terrified of next week, especially that they lost that game. I think next week is going to be very bad. Oh no! Don't get me don't 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 get me wrong. Four ers are probably going to come in here and just like beat us because they lost their first game. But I'm talking more. I was talking more like an offensive standpoint where I could see that be like our defense making that side of the game competitive. Offensively, oh, this is going to be a train wreck. The, this is not even close. We're don't, I'm not expect I, we're. Bosa's going to eat Darnold alive, okay? Like, if we had a tough time against uh, the Bills today in the first half, if we come out slow again next week, it's going to be ugly, man. Just really, really ugly. And (laughs) that defense is really good. That defense is really good. Like, yes, as you said, they have Hopkins. They have, um, you know, they got got Kenyon Drake. uh, They got D. Hopkins, Kyler Murray, Captain. It's a good, it's a good offense, you know. And they also got Larry Fitzgerald. It's a solid offense, and this is good. And this, these are divisional rivals, close game. They know each other, so they know how to play each other a little bit better. Forty uh, Niners, they're not, they're not used to playing us, so that's why I think, like, you know, defensively, we may be able to be up to par, considering like our DBs didn't play that bad, and I don't see Garoppolo as anywhere as like uh, a hindrance as a. Uh, as Josh Allen is someone who can run. He's not necessarily that mobile. So that's why on the defensive side, that should be fine. Although our guys are probably going to be gassed because today these guys have like 20, 28 minutes and like 34 seconds of like possession. So that's just killer. Like the Jets had like 14 or 15 today. That's just, it's just not our, our defense, our defense is going to be tired. They're going to be gassed, man, next week. Just having to be against these guys. It's going to be, it's good. Like, with the Jets defense in the second half. They they did they made they made me confident that Greg Williams knows what he's doing. Okay? Like the for the for, honestly the first half I was worried. I was like, okay, this whole thing might implode at the head of Gase and you know, it's just going to come down. Greg Williams can't get the defense to come together. Greg Williams needs a defense to be elite in order for us to have a chance. Yes. And so I, I was I was really worried, and I'm 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 glad you're giving him credit because he 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 needs to step up and hold it down versus Jimmy G, who I still don't think is that bad, but the stats don't lie. I mean he's he's been he's being pretty mediocre, but 260 yards, two touchdowns, 19 for 33. I mean if that was Sam's line today and we lost, we would be ecstatic right now. We would be jumping up for joy. Yes. Yeah, well, Hey, I tweeted that. Did I think that I think Sam was going to get two fifty today? You know, it. Well, just uh, not too far. Nah, two fifty, not too far. Uh, you you were right to take the under. Um, always but, take the under, man. That's like the number one rule of life. Always take the under with the chin. <laughs> no matter what the question is, just yes, under. Who's the pessimist now? <laughs> the 
it's just reality. You know, I, I am an opt. I am an optimist. Like I, I still. The, the problem is we needed this game so damn bad because we have the 49ers coming in next week, which we just mentioned and hit on for a little bit. We have the Colts coming in the week after week three, which they had a tough game today. <laughs> you know, Phillip Rivers was Phillip Rivers versus the division. Uh, oh, huh. Talk about – we're going to get into that a little bit later, but talk about that. It looks like he's really the issue, man. You think so, huh? You, th- you think you think Philip Rivers was the was the problem there? I mean, they won today. <laughs> I, I, he was looking really good in the in the in the first half, right? He was he was dishing it out to all his receivers. Everybody was getting involved. The running game was meshing hard, right? Well, they lost Mac, didn't they? Yeah, he tore his Achilles, man. So he's that that really changes a lot of things. So, but it, like when you to have touchdowns, yeah. Jonathan Taylor played okay. Their rookie running back, so it kind of opened it up for them a little bit to Jonathan Taylor. But I'm with you, dude. I think Mac was their horse. He's he's a big deal for them. Well, let's get back to that way. Let's finish up this uh, Jets uh, 49ers preview, though. So where 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 do you see where do you see this game going? Where do you see the score? Like I I don't see this being pretty. Yeah, this is going to be like uh, 28 10. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm in the boat with you. Yeah, 28-10, 49ers. And, and by the way, uh, to to give uh, some some uh, at, like understanding of like Jimmy G's passing, 95 of those yards was like a like a pass to Mozart. So, well, let's let's it's the running game is the running backs are really the key. He's not going it deep to like the wide receivers getting all that. Like it's Kittle, Mozart, you know. Juzwick, who's the fullback, tight end combo, whatever you want to use him for. It's nothing. It's nothing crazy. Like it's the it's it's very limited. It's what we're actually supposed to be doing, like using our running back and tight end in like the short game. Like we are built the same. To be honest with you, we are built like the 49ers. This is like going back to um, this is like going back to when we had Sanchez and Tebow, and they had Alex Smith and uh, Cap. And it's just like they, the 49ers were just a mirror image of like what we couldn't do. Just like legitimately the mirror. mirror. 49ers are everything we want to be, right? They have Shanahan, who is that uh, guru offensive coordinator. They got the the solid defense up front, right? They got the pass rushers on the line. They have decent veteran cornerbacks. Right, they got the quarterback who can make the throws. They got like these like uh, running back and wide receiver by committees. Okay, they got that tight end who is a beast. George, no, like George Kittle's up there. You can't really replicate that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they they really are like they really are everything that the Jets want to be. Maybe that's why I like them so much. Think about it. If you look at the logos and how it's oval shaped, it's the same thing. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is, man. Maybe maybe the San Francisco 49ers are just the West Coast Jets in my head and I just I'm jealous of them and I just want I just want to be them. And and maybe that's why I see so much potential in them. And I watch, even even today I'm watching them. Every I, I just don't get what they're doing. Almost almost like the Jets, you know what I mean? I'm just like why isn't Jimmy G Jimmy G like honestly like Sam Darnold could be doing what Jimmy G does and we could have the same production, but you know what? And I guess we this is this is the this is where it comes down to it is that 
Kyle Shanahan notices when he needs to make adjustments. He notices when, how to get his guy going and his guys going like, he's like, all right, we're going to fix this up. Oh, this is not working. Let's change it up. Here we go. You know? And it's just, it's not even that hard, man. Like, like, yes, I'm like, I'm saying it from like the couch, like saying it's not that hard, but really though, like, like the guys up in the box are seeing the same thing we're seeing. Right. Like it can't be like, I know it's like game time decision, but really like, you got to put two and two together. It's like, if this is not working, we got to switch it up. But let's, let's go. Let's talk about, uh, huh? Oh, and two. Oh, we're going on two. Yes. The, so that, 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 that wraps up that segment. Then. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's nothing else to talk about, dude. The, look, I will be shocked. I will be shocked. I will be shocked if they came up with a win and I'll be happy, but I'll be shocked. I'd rather be proven wrong in this case than uh, be proven right. It would be, amazing if we hit this and it, it is the path to starting off 500 in the first quarter of the season because week three we have the colts and then week four we have denver on a thursday so if we if if, if we already lost week one if we could somehow by some miracle split 49ers colts and then take on you know denver coming in on a short week on a thursday the, the season is salvaged we're two and two in the first quarter of the season, okay? Yeah. So all is not dead. I was just as miserable or more miserable than you could possibly be at 1.30. You should see my text messages. People were freaking out. John, how can you possibly be giving up in the season 30 minutes into it? This is like a new record for you. <laughs> I wasn't giving up, but God, I was in a dark place. If we went down 28-0, I don't know if I was going to be able to climb out of that dark place. This podcast would have been shut down for a couple of days. I honestly don't know if I would be able to do it today. But speaking of the podcast, uh, we are going to be switching it up a little bit uh, with the Jets and the Knicks segments. We will be recording the Jets on Wednesday nights now instead of Sunday so we could have time to review the All-22 and give you guys some real-time stats and a forward outlook into week into the next week. And then we'll be switching the Knicks episodes to the Sunday. Yeah. So essentially you should be getting your Knicks episodes on Tuesdays now, and you'll be getting your Jets episodes on Fridays. So just in time for you to enjoy the nice recap of what happened previously and getting a nice preview of what's coming forward. So it'll also help with us to give you some winners for Sunday and to kind of shape up what we think is going to happen after the injury reports come out. And it's just going to be a little more fresh in our minds for Sunday. For sure. So I guess uh, let's move into want to talk about uh, the division and talk about move into et cetera. And we'll talk about uh, some what we thought about the week one challenges and our division. But I know you had something else uh, ready to go for et cetera as well. Yeah, we're going to go into some fantasy football stuff, but we can save that for the end. So let's get into the division first and get into. a recap of like week one right after this. All right, everyone. And we're back for the et cetera portion of this podcast. Uh, bear with us. We're experimenting, you know, with uh, how we want to break this up, how breaking it down and cover the NFL. So the et cetera is mostly going to be covering uh, the NFL at this point and doing some fantasy talk. So let's go into what we thought about week one. And then we're going to talk about who we got as like our divisional w- winners, even though week one already passed, but Eh, week one can always change. Look, if we, us Jets fans know how fast that can change, 
let's not forget when Mark Sanchez uh, torched the Bills in 2012, put up like 30 to 40 some up points, and then we just sucked it up for uh, the rest of the season. So we all know week one doesn't really make a is a make or break. So anyway, back to what we're talking about. John, what do you think about week one? Well, I think our most surprising game, which we could not handle but to speak about in the Jets segment, was that Colts-Jaguars game, man. Definitely. So the Jaguars, all the, all these players out, all the running backs out, new system, blah, 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 no Yannick. That's the exact games in the NFL that the teams lose. So seven and a half underdogs to the Phillip, new Phillip Rivers Colts with the immaculate offensive line. The new toys at running back, 27-20, man, with Philip Rivers being Philip Rivers at the end. <laughs> Two picks. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it for Philip Rivers, too, is that he lost Marlon back, and we saw that he was a contributor to helping keeping it stable, just someone that you could always rely on, right? When you can have a, a solid running game and just have that same – that consistency that we were talking about earlier – it's better for Philip Rivers in this case, you know, even when he had, uh, but I don't know. It's the more I think about it, even when he had, um, what's his name? Who's on the Broncos now? Uh, yeah. Melvin Gordon. Even when he had Melvin Gordon, it's uh, games were like very fickle and they didn't necessarily end up the way they should for really a talented team. I think for Philip Rivers, he is a little, he's a little overzealous, in how he plays where he tries to do a little too much and or it's either or he gets flustered it's like one of the two like he's either going for something he really shouldn't be going for or he's just like has a brain fart in the middle of the game and it's just very confusing but you know I think we both said that we're expecting like for to come against the Jaguars like if you had guys like this is the game that they were going to win and I don't know you know, you were high on the Colts starting. It's still very early. You know, they didn't have preseason, although I'm not going to give it that much because everyone's starting out the same way. Uh, I don't know. It's the Colts didn't really they under they underperformed to me. They were kind of underwhelming. I think what I really was found more interesting is that the Jaguars were able to come away with a win with Gardner Minshew and after dropping Leonard Fournette. I think that was a more interesting aspect of this game today. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this game is just a one-week uh, preseason game for the Colts, honestly. Mm-hmm. I know it's really fair, but this is kind of what it looked like, especially their scripted plays in the beginning looked great. Uh, Phillip Rivers was really dishing it out to all his receivers. I know Matt going down is bad, but I know Jonathan Taylor, they wanted to get him in. So now he now he's going to be spearheading Naheem Hines, who has been all over the place uh, with the Colts. He had two touchdowns today. He's he's he loves Philip Rivers loves his uh, flat receivers, like you said. I'm really interested in the Colts Vikings game next week. Now, uh, both zero and one, which we'll talk about right now. Uh, as Aaron Rodgers, man, the bad man, Aaron Rodgers. I had this pinned down the whole time. Yeah, to come and murder the Vikings, especially with Hunter out. Uh, they got Yannick, but his first game. Right, he uh, the Packers torched the Vikings, even though it was close for a little bit, and now the Vikings are going to have something to. The Vikings and the Colts really have a big game coming up. Oh, both zero and one. You know, the Colts at least had the Jets week three, so they'll be okay there. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think about Packers Vikings? Aaron Rodgers is a man on a mission. 
He's a man on the mission that he has now got more consistent uh, players because a lot of those receivers went down last year and he was playing with a lot of new guys, especially when Devonta Adams was missing most of the last season. So having Adams back, having more familiar, familiarity with uh, Lazard. Um, now he's got Aaron Jones as a solid running back who he's, you know, has been like really like Aaron Rodgers' biggest issue is not having a consistent running back there with him. Uh, how about, uh, remember, uh, Eddie, uh, Lacey, uh, did. Eddie Lacy, Eddie Cheeseburger Lacy. That's why I called him, man. Oh man, poor guy. I love Eddie Lacy. Ah uh, man, such a short stint. But Aaron Rodgers now has a solid running back. He's got receivers that he's uh, able to play with. And I, I think I touched on this last week, and so did you. You know, you lost uh, Stephon Diggs, who for Kirk Cousins, that's that was one A one B type with uh, you know Thielen and. Kirk Cousins, man. Thielen had a good game. He had a good game, but, you know, look, the issue is, like, once again, consistency, interesting season. You're taking away a weapon, like a really good weapon. Uh, Diggs is no one to scoff at, you know. Uh, And you also lost your offensive coordinator to the Browns, so it's a lot of change. It's a lot of change. Huh? Speaking of the Browns. Yeah, speaking about the Browns. That was a team I was, like, interested to see. Boy, talking about crap in the bed <laughs> they're awful the ravens are are raving it up they they're le- like literally right where they left off mark andrews marquise brown the running game uh i really like jake uh jk dobbins in there man he really killed it today yeah by the way i thought lamar jackson was just a gimmick this man came out with 20 for 25 275 yard passings and three touchdown it's not a gimmick man this man's a real deal not bad for a running back, huh? Not bad for a running back, indeed. Um, you know, but they're going to be they're going to be a powerhouse. Uh, I would not be surprised. They're, they they just honestly put them in sharpie in the AFC Championship game. Everybody else is is coming to play them. Whether it's Chiefs, I don't care. I'm telling you, the Ravens are there. They're in sharpie, and the Chiefs are you know pencil them in. But I'm a pencil the Colts in right next to them. Wow. Yeah, I'm telling you. I, I know it's early. I know that sounds insane. And I'm, the Steelers are going to be right there as well, uh, which they're going to play tomorrow. But any other 1 o'clock games uh, cool to you? I know that we talked about uh, the Panthers and Robbie Anderson with, with Bridgewater, both former Jets. We got They were playing the Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I mean, that game was kind of I – saw, I saw some of that game. That was really weird to hand it off to the fullback and not use uh, McCaffrey to – get the fourth and in inches. That was really weird. I don't know why you, if you've got the best running back on the goddamn league and you go fullback, this is like that. Uh, Ed, man, it's all, it's all mind games you know, everybody, it was, there was a fake to McCaffrey, right? It was a, it was a, it was a give to the fullback and a fake toss to McCaffrey. So they thought that they could probably get that edge, you know, to hesitate for a second thinking that obviously going to give it to C Mac. But the thing is, like, they ran up the middle where they're just, like, they're just – if it's fourth and inches, you're going to just clog the middle. This is where that – like, just – at that point, just – I'd trust McCaffrey on the outside. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's 100% mind games. It's like you're, you're psyching yourself out, which is why, you know, sometimes, it, you know, you just overthink. You just got to keep it simple. Keep it simple, and it'll, it'll be fine. But, no, nah, that was, like, the real – I mean, okay, you know what actually really shocked me? Bears-Lions. Mitch Trubisky 
hitting Miller for the last one for the game ceiling touchdown. That was wild. He's Mark Sanchez, man. The Bears are the Mark Sanchez Jets. I cannot. It's a mirror image. It's a. It's as almost as if I'm watching this whole thing build up with cards just to watch it burn down. Why is it that every? Why is it that the Bears? And the 49ers are like, the 49ers are what we want to be, and the Bears are just replicating what we had. What is going on here? It's perfect. No, it, it, and, and, and that's why the NFL is so great, right? That's why there's always so much parity because you could almost see yourself in all these teams. We're, we're really not that far off, you know, that any given Sunday type deal. That's why it's here because we're really all not that far off. You could see each other's uh, strength and weaknesses in other teams. The Bears' defense was depleted today. There were a bunch of injuries, right? Their running back, Montgomery, was hurt coming into the game. Trubisky, he does well on the scripted plays like we all know. And Stafford, tear, you know, he was tearing it up a little bit. But the Bears usually have their number with the Lions, and again, they did at the end. Yeah, no. I, I just think it was like – it was as much – crap that everyone gives Mr. Trubisky. I think it's just, it's nice to see like exciting games like that. And just like, just those type of endings. Uh, I, I'm still underwhelmed by these two teams, but once again, divisional, divisional rivals, they know each other. Uh, it was just fun to see. I think from this, you know, Miller, Robinson, like they, I mean, the, this is the thing is like, Mitch has got some weapons. Mm-hmm. If he can just be accurate and consistent, Jimmy Graham had a game. Jimmy Graham had a game. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that name up because he dragged people to like the end zone. I was like, that's the old Jimmy Graham. Like that's New Orleans Saints Jimmy Graham. That was nice to see. I'm happy to see him uh, revitalizing his uh, career, uh, even though it was like one game. It was just really nice. I like Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was like one of my favorite players. Like watching, like oh my god, just growing up. It, he's such a he's just such a fun tight end to to watch play. Cause he's like that true basketball, just like I'm gonna go up from him, box this dude out, grab it, dunk it over the the iron. Just yeah. yeah so we had Gates was like that. Uh, of uh, of course Gonzalez and Kelsey are kind of like that. And then you know Jimmy Graham's right there, and you know who's honestly right on under that list for me, Greg Olson, who his new team is the Seahawks, and he had a he. I mean Russell Wilson is an absolute magician. We cannot get over that dude. He, he saying that he just he stunned the Falcons today. Like he just put up points, like insane. He's he's magic, dude. Like my God, three hundred twenty-two yards, four touchdowns. Like it's unbelievable. It's actually well, Russell Wilson is is not unhuman. Thirty-one for thirty-five for three hundred twenty-two yards and four touchdowns. That's insane. That's really insane. I can't believe. Like I can't believe it. But I just like he just does this like. 2020 MVP. Really is. Yeah, no, I, 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 like, if we're doing way too early MVPs, 100%. My God, I know he had a crazy game today, but the Seahawks, they have, they have Josh Gordon coming back. There's some rumors about some other wide receivers are taking a look at. They are, they are good to go. They got Greg Olson. They got Will Disley hanging out back there just in case Greg Olson gets hurt. They're yeah. good. Yeah, Falcons underwhelmed as usual. I, I, they didn't look too bad, though. I expected them to look worse, if if, if that's any consolation. So, uh, yeah. I'm, 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 I am excited to see uh, the Falcons this year and to see what they could put on the board. I was kind of encouraged. They have the Cowboys next week. 
Cowboys are down right now by three in the fourth quarter to the Rams Sunday night. We're recording Sunday. So we'll see what happens there. It'll be interesting if it's, you know, I know it's only week two, but it's really bad to go down 0-2, man. Once you start going to the 0-2, 0-3 range, playoffs are, you know, completely slip. So these games really start to get important. Any thoughts on the Dolphins-Patriots? You know, Dolphins-Patriots, Bill Belichick utilized Cam and got him. He just used – look, man, he – this is what we were talking about earlier with coaching, right? Like, he sees what he has. He's like, what do I get to get these guys going and put them into their, like, use their strong, like, their their, their strengths, put them in the right situation to succeed. And that's what he did. He did that with the Patriots. And that's why, you know, they made it interesting. They made it interesting, like, when it was 14-11. But, yeah, you can't – it's really hard to think that the Dolphins, who are, you know, rebuilding – are going to take out the Patriots, but Cam played pretty well today. I like the way Cam. I, I I like the way that Cam played. He I know he only went 15 for 19, had 155 yards, and he had uh, two rushing touchdowns for 75 yards on 15 attempts. But that was like that's what Bill Belichick knew. He's Cam's not fully acclimated to the playbook yet. So once again, using his strength and had Sony Michelle get a couple carries too. But it was very you know very conservative, very, um, very tamed for what we're used to seeing with the Patriots, just because like we're used to seeing Tom Brady, just like sling it over the place and just rack up yards and points. Um, yeah, they look, they look, they're going to be well-coached. They're going to be uh, a slightly above average team. Well-coached. Yeah. That Jacoby Brissett offense. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, yeah. Sorry. So yeah, I, they're just gonna be a well-coached team, but above average. I'm not expecting like crazy, uh, crazy numbers. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess the last game that we really didn't mention is the Tom Brady Bucks, which really didn't surprise me going down to the Saints uh, div- division game. The Saints always play them well. Uh, it was really, you know, the most interesting part is Drew Brees didn't really have a good game. Michael Thomas didn't do anything, but Emmanuel Sanders did well, and the Saints really killed it out there. Yeah, I mean, both quarterbacks were having their tapioca pudding and uh, trying to duke it out while playing shuffleboard. So, <laughs> for sure. But eh, I think for you know, Tom Brady kind of was very underwhelming. He went, you know, he had the he threw a lot, thirty six attempts, but completed twenty three passes for two hundred thirty nine yards, two touchdowns, two, two two interceptions. Nothing, nothing to like write home about and. You know, Drew Brees did a lot less. He had two touchdowns for 160 yards on completed uh, 18 uh, of his 30 attempts. So it's they're 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 older quarterbacks, man. We're not going to see a lot of slinging. Once again, we're talking about we're talking about very conservative play. But the real people that like the real guys that came out was like Alvin Kamara, who was just like playing his his out of his mind today. So that that's that's where the Saints were able to get their points. Absolutely. The Saints are the Saints are, are good. They got they got their work cut out with them with Tom Brady in the in the division. Uh, I'm really excited for the next matchup between the Saints and Bucks. Uh, not Week One, like when they're like in the groove. Yeah. Uh, the the disrespectful fourth down when they were when the game was out of hand when Camaro, you know they went for for that to get a touchdown. They could just kick the field goal. Uh, that, that that disrespectful stuff keeps Tommy at, up at night. Okay, so I, I just 
I wouldn't really put it past them. Gronk was quiet week one. It, it's typical, typical Tom Brady Patriots stuff. Like, oh, yeah, fall asleep, digging a stink, no problem. Uh, I, next week, Tom Brady, I think he's going to absolutely murder the Panthers and Matt Rule, and it's not even going to be close. For sure. And I guess just to touch on the, the last, last game, Bengals and Chargers, and this is very easy to go over. Joe Burrow is a rookie. Chargers, very underwhelming. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> I am actually super shocked that the Chargers front seven did not absolutely annihilate the Cincinnati offensive line. Yeah, but they got they signed some solid uh, O line this offseason. Who did they get? Um, I, I mean, I know Derwin James was out for the Chargers, but they're kind of used to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm saying because he, he was he was kind of hurt, so it's not really like a super duper shock for them. I just I just really thought that Bosa and the boys are really gonna, you know, Melvin Ingram. I really thought they were gonna take down Cincinnati and really welcome Joe Burrow into the league. Yeah, well, look, they got for the Bengals. They got Jonah Williams back. They got Xavier Suafilo uh, from the Cowboys, and they got Trey Hopkins. Like on the line. So they, they were able to solidify the line. First game back. How come they don't get excuses? Uh, that, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. And they have a rookie quarterback. So it's, it's frustrating when you start seeing guys who come back and you're just like, Oh, look at this. This is some sort of competent uh, football team. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Cause they were right there to take them into overtime and they missed that 30 yard kick, which is why I am thankful for Ficken. I know it didn't mean anything cause it was just an, an, a useless field goal, but down 21 zero in the first half. And, you know, we took that, we took that drive down uh, within the two minute warning to, yeah. to get into field goal range and hit the field goal. It was very important. Okay. Yeah. And it is going to set us up for later. And if if Ficken missed that, I I, I don't I don't know how the rest of the game is going to go. Seriously, I know it's a stupid, meaningless three points, but no, no, no. Those 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 type of points do mean something because it changes like how you think about. It. That's how you, it's a different approach. You, and they had the ball in the second half. Yeah, I, I guess for the Bengals, right? The, what really happened was that. Um, Joe Mixon fumbled when it was 13-13. So it, they, they were playing well up until that point. And then you had to come back. And it was really just like scrambling at the in, in the fourth, trying to get something going. So, And I'm going to mention this, that A.J. Green – I mean, Burrow had a touchdown to A.J. Green at the end of that game, and it got called back for a pass uh, offensive pass interference where A.J. Green extended his arm, but he still got the two feet in the catch. I, I – <clears throat> Seven times out of ten, I don't know if he's – I mean, it was a pass interference, to be fair. Yeah. Seven times out of ten, I don't think he's getting – I don't think they call him that offensive P.I. If that, You know, just because it's a rookie and it was intense and they called that. But it's A.J. Green. I, I don't think they they would call that on him a bunch of times. No. I, I, I tend to agree with you. But, once again, competence. <laughs> That's that, that really wraps up week one for us. I mean, the, uh, the Jets were just atrocious uh, in the first half. They picked it up at the end of the first half. They picked it up in the second half. But when you 
I think you're totally right. How much can you attribute that to the Jets? And how much could you attribute that to the Bills flatlining? I mean, they're basically up by four touchdowns the whole game. So they don't need to. They don't need to put. Run- <laughs> Look, and, and the thing is, like, it's week one, too, right? So, like, looking at the Bills, like, they probably flatlined, too, because they have plays they want to say for the later, the latter half of the season. They don't want everyone to know their playbook and what they're trying to run and what they're working on. So, well, it's they're trying to hide some stuff and uh, keep it under wraps. But let's talk about – let's do a quick uh, run for divisions real quick, all right? Let's – Let's do quick. Who do you think is going to win each division, all eight divisions uh, between the two conferences? Uh, we can go back and forth. We'll start with uh, we'll start with the AFC, work our way to the NFC. And so first for you, AFC East, who do you got? Oh, man. After today, it's really hard not to go with the Bills. But I'm, I'm just I'm just for the AFC East. I'm just going to go Jets. Leave me alone. Really? You're going to say AFC East is going to be Jets? Yeah, leave me alone. Obviously, the Bills are going to win it, but I'm, I'm taking the Jets. Okay, I'm going to go I'm gonna go Bills, too, just because I don't uh, – I I feel like they're a little bit more comfortable. In the, they, you know, Patriots still losing. Like, they lost eight guys. They played okay today, but I, I got the Bills. Yeah, it's week one. It's week one. You know, uh, uh, yeah. Jets. No, 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 yeah, no, like I said, like, this is way too early, like – yeah. But this is like we didn't do it last week, so we're doing it now. All right. And, uh, AFC North, who do you got? I know your answer. I love the Ravens, but I'm taking the Steelers. What? No, I'm going Ravens. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really excited about what the Steelers are going to put on tomorrow. I think Big Ben is going to be the comeback player of the year. Hmm. Uh, and I, I, think, I think the Steelers are just buttoned up, man. I think the Steelers-Ravens this year, we're going to be back to Steelers-Ravens. And I think it's just because Big Ben is there, you kind of just need him to be there. But the Steelers-Ravens are going to be really important this year. And I think the Steelers might beat them twice. Okay. I got, okay. Fair enough. I got Ravens just because what I saw today, how they play the Browns. Yes, it's the Browns. I get it. That's It's the, it's the butt of the joke. We can use that for the Jets too. Uh but no, just the way that Lamar came out, played, it looked like they were still like they were prepared. They were ready to go. They were in sync. Everyone was like on the same page. It says a lot. Interesting to see how the Steelers play the Giants tomorrow, but I'm not putting a lot of my eggs in my basket. Like I wouldn't do it with the Ravens or the Browns. But I, Big Ben is always scaring me with injuries, and that's why I can't go with the Steelers just yet. It depends on how healthy he is for the season. Okay, next one. AFC South, who do you got? Just really quick though, pick up Dobbins for fantasy for Ravens because I do think we're go- we're gonna go get into we're gonna get into fantasy a little bit later in a second. Oh, okay, cool. So we're we talking about the the AFC South. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Colts, man. I really I I do think I I mm, I think the Titans and the Colts are gonna be one and two, hmm. but I do I do like the Colts. I know I, they lost to the Jaguars today. Terrible. But I I liked what I really loved what I saw with the offensive distribution and I have faith in that defense. Cool. I'm gonna go with the Titans because from what I saw with the Texans against the Chiefs, yes, it's the Chiefs. But they didn't come out. They got smacked. They had garbage time TDs. That's not really inspiring after losing D Hop and having David Johnson and Bill O'Brien is a Interesting coach slash GM. Not really a fan of his work. And then looking at the Jaguars, 
that, in my opinion, is a miscue because they probably should not have won today. I can't trust Gardner Minshew to go under 200 yards passing and keep getting three touchdowns. That's just insanity. And then <laughs> Colts, uh, if they do make the playoffs, it's somehow Philip Rivers just backing his way in, but they're not winning the division in my eyes. So based on process of elimination of all three of those guys and Titans doing well last year, I'm going to go with the Titans. All right, so so give me your two. Give me your two. So you have – okay, okay, do the West. Do the West, and then we'll get into our wild card spots. So since you have the division. Okay, so uh, West, I got – I got the Chiefs. What am I talking about? So we both got the Chiefs in the West. That's why I was kind of going to bypass that. So we both got the Chiefs in the West. So who who's your two wild card spots? Wild card, uh, it will be the Steelers as one, uh-huh. and also be the Patriots. Ooh, okay. So I got the North also. So I got the Ravens, right? So either the Ravens or Steelers are going to win the division. The other one, the other one's going to win the wild card, and then I got the other one coming out of the South. So Colts or Titans. Ooh, okay, nice. Either, either the Titans win and the Colts get the AFC. A wild card, or the Colts win the South, and the Titans get the AFC wild card. Okay, okay, interesting, nice. All right, what's the NFC to the NFC? So NFC East, who you got? This is gonna be a shit show of a division to figure out because we could just roll dice and have more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have no idea. What's, no one ever knows what's gonna go on with the East. Uh, I'm gonna take the Cowboys. Uh, I, I, I like Washington. I think, I think that they're gonna grow this year. Of course, it's going to be a lottery team, uh, even though they don't have a lottery, but it's going to be a lottery team in the NFL. Uh, I'm, I have no faith in the Eagles. I'm excited to see what the Giants are going to do, but I think their DBs are awful, 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 even with Logan Ryan there. So by default, even though I have the Cowboys losing this game, and right now it's really close for this week one, I had the Cowboys winning the division. Okay, that – I can lean with you on the Cowboys just because they are the most consistent and consistency is big key in the NFL, especially for this season, I feel like. So I'll go with the Cowboys as well. Don't trust the Eagles. Giants are a big question mark, really is dependent on how well the defensive backs are and how much of a next step uh, Eli's clone Danny Jones takes. And Washington, that's a real wild card today. That game was just very interesting. They – I don't even know what to think yet, but they're nice. They, they, they're, 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 I like coach Rivera. He's going through cancer right now and he's a beast and he had an IV at halftime. Right. So they had that kind of grit going on with the team. You know, they're playing for the coach They're They have, they have a whole new franchise, right? So they have like a whole new clean slate and they are really making the whole offense around their guy, Dwayne Haskins and their running backs. And it's kind of nice. There's no expectations. There's no fans to yell at them. They have a whole new name, a whole new organization, uh, you know, and they're sort of like, they're ready to go. Yeah, no, totally. I, I totally agree. So then going to the, let's move it to the NFC North. Who do you got for the North? That's easy. The bad man. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. The Vikings are intriguing. Yeah. Especially Kirk Cousins at one o'clock. Uh, besides today, he's he's pretty good, and they got a lot of one o'clock games this year. Yeah, I, I, and when their defense in the cold, when they start playing on the road in the cold weather, you know, when they're pass rushed, they're okay. I just don't trust their secondary. I don't like that Diggs is gone because they can double Thielen. Dalvin Cook can he stay healthy? Give me the Packers. I agree. 
Easy, yeah. easy said and done. I, Aaron Rodgers, what he did today to the Vikings, the Lions and the Bears are uh, just they're they're bottom feeders in that division. So just give me the Packers. So that's easy to that's easy to wrap up. NFC South, who do you got? I mean, that's probably the best division. I mean, the South and the West, probably the two best divisions in the NFC. Um, wow. Saints, Falcons, Bucks. It's tough. Uh, this is going to be pretty interesting, too. Don't, don't count them too far out. Oh, Panthers. Think the Panthers are going to win the division? No, no, I'm just saying they're, they're going to make it interesting. Yeah, they're, they're fun to watch. Just because I'm excited about Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, C-Mac with the rule. But they have so many new guys on both sides of the ball that I'm just like – they're just kind of like – they're just kind of like fun to watch on red zone for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take the Saints. I'm going to take the Saints to win the division, and I'm going to take the Bucks to win the wild card. Okay. I can get behind that. I would go Saints and Bucks too. Um, Falcons are, I think, are just going to be a wash. They're going to underperform. And then Panthers, you already pointed out, a lot of new guys, but I think they're going to make a lot of these games interesting just so, just seeing how they played the Raiders today. I think it's a, I think it was a good learning experience that you trust uh, CMC and you don't take uh, take the ball out of his hand. Um, Again, I thought, I, I think that Rule was just, try, was just trying to be a, a diabolical genius in his first, NFL, you know, coaching, you know, you know, like when, when, when an amateur watches a football game with you that like doesn't really watch football often and they're like, why don't you just run? Like, you know, they'll see like a running play and, you know, run up the middle. Why don't you just run around, just run to the left. You know what I'm saying? Like no one's ever expecting it. Just go left. You know, it's wide open. I feel like that's what Matt Rule was trying to do on that fourth down. It's like everyone knows it's going to see Mac on the toss. We've taught, you know, every we, we, we've done that play like 18 times already today. Let's just fake it to him and do the fullback. And he was just trying to be this, some diabolical genius. And it just like, it, it, it's almost like a big like slap in the face. Like, welcome to the NFL, man. Yeah, keep it simple. It's it's simple bro. Keep it simple. So yeah. let's go out to the last last one. The best division, oh, I, I would say arguably in the NFL, which is so ironic because this was growing up for me and you, the worst, absolute worst division in the NFL by far. Yeah, horrendous. Now it's just become like a powerhouse. Um, I'm actually considering changing like my Super Bowl prediction of the 49ers because of how well the Seahawks played today. But hey, man, based on one game, I know it's based on one game, but the magician. I know it's very hard, but winning the division, I'm probably gonna have to go. I actually, I'm actually leaning towards the Seahawks right now just because of how dominant they were and just seeing the 49ers lose to the Cardinals and such a young team. When, when you look at like Kirk Cousins, I mean, not Kirk, what, what I'm talking about. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. This is how you know it's too late in the night. Um, Kyle Murray, Kyle Murray. When you see Kyle Murray as a young quarterback, uh, like just being able to galvanize the team and win with the hop and just like the composure and everything. It's very hard, man. It's very hard to see them being consistent when it comes against the Seahawks. So that's I'm actually going to move it to the Seahawks right now. I mean, that's fair. Uh, they have the pedigree. But, man, 49ers are going to be unstoppable once the season starts moving along and, and trekking. So 
I mean, if you can get some good value on the 49ers after week one on the division, go run and get that. But this is going to be an amazing division. Uh, 49ers won. Seahawks are going to get that wild card, in my opinion. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be close. I'm not going to be surprised either way there, of course. So your wild cards are? Uh, Seahawks, Bucks. Seahawks, Bucks. Okay. And I actually will agree with that because it will be Bucks, and I'm going to take the 49ers to the oppo. Okay, so we're basically, we're basically running the same in the NFC. Yeah, no, we are. Okay, cool. So now we got our divisional, our divisional uh, winners out of the way. So let's finish up with the last part of this, what seems to be a massive podcast again, which <laughs> you all enjoy, uh, fantasy. So, John, how are you doing in fantasy? Because uh, I honestly, like, I can't, I, I, it's either I'm, like, too addictive to check every second of the day or, like, I just wait until, like, the end of the night when the games are going in. Um, yeah, but right now, how are you doing? Cause right now at, for me and I'm in two leagues, my league that I'm the commissioner of, I'm currently leading 127 to 108. Uh, all I have left is Daniel Jones to play. And then the last one I have, uh, is the law school league I'm in where I'm being just demolished. Mm-hmm. I'm losing 166 to 137. Yeah, so we know that no one really cares about our fantasy teams. But uh, I'm in six leagues, actually. Uh, All right, so let's not go through all six of your leagues. Please choose the most. We're not going to do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm losing in two of them. I also, I also don't check them. Um, I don't think – I'm not going to go into my teams, but I do think that you should go for Dobbins. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you Dobbins uh, in a trade, I, he, his stock is looking way up. Um, of course, everyone who chose uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to be really excited. But do you have any um, kind of like sleepers that you should be looking at for waivers or anything like that or anybody that's disappointing that you already are want to toss off your team that you were high on in the draft? He's under 50% in, uh being taken, and I'm using Yahoo for both my leagues, but it's Alan Lazard. Uh, the number two out for Green Bay. He, you know, it looks like that's Aaron Rodgers' true number two. So I would pick him up because for me, uh, he got, he got, he did the rushing. He got 19 yards rushing. He got four targets. He caught all four for 63 yards and a, and a touchdown. Pretty solid. It's a lot of good, uh, it's a good amount of targets for number two, especially when you have Devonta Adams, who's just going to eat a lot of targets too. And you got, Aaron Jones, who's just going to take up another, who's going to soak up another portion of just the offensive touches. So definitely check out him. That's someone I would, how about you? Anyone that you want to mention? No, I mean, that's a good pick. I I would, I would say that um, I, I was high on a lot of early young wide receivers um, like Ruggs and Pittman and Judy. Right, uh, I know Judy hasn't played yet. Ruggs had a good game. Pittman was targeted only twice. He caught the two catches. He looked like a rookie out there. So you know, just kind of hold on for later. The 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 only guy that I think that he's really worth taking a look at is of. I mean, of course, people know about him, but McCole Hardman, right? He's yeah. Stuck, he's stuck behind. A bunch of a bunch of wide receivers like Hill and Watkins, um, but Watkins is never healthy the whole year. Neither is Tyreek Hill. Okay, we saw that explosive Kansas City offense. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I, I, I think that uh, Hardman is going to clear waivers this week. Is just going to be sitting there in your free agent, just hanging out. I think if you could pull him on your team and just kind of wait for that day for him to blow up, I think it might be worth it for you. Uh, that's just kind of my he's, – he's rostered by 54%, so he's up there. And I guess the other guy who hasn't played yet, and I'm very curious to have how he does tomorrow, is James Washington uh, with uh, the Steelers. He's rostered in 12% of the leagues. I think he could have a really big game tomorrow, especially with the depleted giant secondary. But I think that James Washington and Deontay Johnson are going to have big years for the Steelers. I can get behind that. For Pittman, I would kind of say tailor your expectations. Uh, I know you said you were high on him. I'm high on him too. It's only week one. Um, this is the kind of the issue with Philip Rivers is that it's going to be a revolving door. So if you're not revolving on Pittman, I would hold on to him just to see what happens for a little bit longer. But that's someone I'm, I would be not afraid to drop sooner rather than later. Um, is there any running backs for the people? Cause that that's what we're, that's what we're always uh, searching for. So are there, are, are there any running backs that you've seen in any of your uh, leagues that might be worth uh, a waiver claim? I guess Corey Clement to pick up today is like the most uh, – he, he's still available in leagues, but I know I don't think he actually – he had four – he had like four points today, so not really him, but – Okay. I'd say McKinnon, like for the 49ers. That would probably be a good stash. Okay. Uh, McKinnon had a, had a pretty decent game today. I think he's also a good stash, especially watching how – the 49ers conducted themselves mm-hmm. uh, today on offense. Uh, the obvious guy is Naheem Hines. Yeah. Who is probably available. He's rostered 90% of Yahoo leagues. So he's probably going to be available. Uh, as you know, Matt got hurt and Jonathan Taylor's a rookie. Hines had two touchdowns today. So that's just one of the running backs that I would take a look at. The other guy that, Nobody's talking about, and he actually doesn't have a team. But, I mean, just keep it in your mind because, I mean, as for me, when I take a look at some of my teams, I, I'm so depleted. Devontae Freeman, okay? Yeah. We're seeing all these soft injuries everywhere. Like, my super-duper sleeper right now is Devontae Freeman. I think I'm going to start scooping him up in the leagues to just keep him on my bench because, man, oh, man, the running backs are, are, are scarce. So that's just one guy who I'll throw out there. For sure. I totally agree with that. Um, definitely putting in claims for Naeem Hines. Keep a lookout for McKinnon. Um, yeah, those are, those are probably uh, the two guys or a few guys, one of the few guys you should probably look out for. Yeah, and- Singletary's real. Singletary from uh, the Bills, he's real, Devin. Yeah. Don't listen to the notes about Zach Moss. I would take Devin Singletary. He's a real deal. Don't worry about his fumbles. For sure. And with that, that's pretty much all we got for uh, for fantasy and uh, for this podcast, I guess. Right? Yes, that wraps it up for us. Uh, remember that we will switch it up. So we'll actually have more insight from now on on the Jets games. Uh, we'll be able to review the All-22. We'll be able to review the PFF grades and the stats uh, and be able to bring that to you uh, instead of our just reactions from the game and our observations from week one for sure so 
Remember that this week you will be getting the next episode on Friday as scheduled. The following week, you will then get the next episode on Tuesday and then the next Jets episode on Friday going into the weekend. And with that, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Knicks, Jets, Etc. podcast. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends, help build this community. We got some other things coming up, trying to make some other pages on Facebook. So be on the lookout for that. Um, We'll let you know once that that airs probably on the next episode. And yeah, tune in next time for the next episode coming, coming this week. Later, everyone. Later. Let's go Jets.